Hello, seedlings, and welcome to this episode of Be Like a Tree. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly, trauma-informed psychologist and tree lover. For this episode of Be Like a Tree, we're talking to Don Pierce from the Heartwork Path. His tagline is, Awaken to the Nature of Happiness. And if you could see my face, you would know that I'm smiling because his words just really resonate with me. So I'm just going to start by asking Don, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, I uh, have been interested. My name is Don Pierce, and I've been interested in nature ever since I was in grade school and uh, gradually loved it enough that I dedicated my professional life to protecting it. And I worked for, I was very lucky, the world's greatest environmentalist hired me right out of college to uh fight a bunch of projects that were very destructive to the environment and to preserve a bunch of land and to do set up the safety net of laws for the environment back in the 70s. And I learned how to do it from him, but then decided that the general approach of trying to save the earth one place at a time was going to be a little bit too slow. <laughs> that we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're not going to save the earth one place at a time at the rate that we're going. So I decided that what we need to do is protect the environment or save the earth one happy mind at a time. Oh. Now how, do, how, how do you make people happy enough that they're fortified enough and wise enough and functioning well enough to uh, willingly, happily devote themselves to others, including the natural environment or the earth or the, uh, you know, nature. So that's, that's what I've been doing. And I wrote a series of books uh, all about this and it's called the Heartwood path. And that's why you're interviewing me. So many points in that first thing I, I smiled so big when you said healing one mind at a time so that that can be passed on to other human beings and, the environment as well. Yes, the, the uh, environmental movement that I was very uh, involved in for 35 years, still am actually, um, did some great things. I mean, we preserved a lot of wonderful places, but we didn't do enough on people's inner life to uh, help create a, uh, a protection net that if, uh, fads change or electoral, electoral winds blow one way or the other, that uh, the progress that we make isn't just wiped out, which really happened back in the 90s. And uh, it's been a long battle to try to put it back. But, uh, you know, we're, there's, uh, we're not going to save it. We're not going to win the bigger battle, the bigger war by fighting all the little battles to save this little creek and that little creek. And I, I, I spent 35 years doing that and I would do it again, but uh, it's uh, unfortunately the problems are too big to uh, allow us to go at that speed. It feels like you are part of uh, a really big rebellious movement. And it feels like sometimes when people think about nature and like conservation, they associate it with a passiveness almost, uh, 
uh, just a being, but you're talking about creating like action oriented way of being and living and really being conscientious to all of the parts of us. Yeah, the uh, environmentalists are very activist oriented and uh, the media is attracted to cover the most rebellious of us and therefore the public has sort of a skewed impression of what an environmentalist is. I remember one time I was giving a speech and I had a sport coat and a tie and the lady goes, man, you got to take that stuff off because I want to take a, put a picture of you in the, on the front of the newspaper and you don't look like an environmentalist at all. I said, well, what does an environmentalist look like? And she, well, you're supposed to look like, you know, beard and combat clothes and, and uh, carrying a banner and, and some kind of a plug to pipe, clog up a pipe. And, and you know all this kind of stuff. And I said, well, there, I support all of that. But there's, there's, there's a lot of people. In fact, 85% of everybody agrees that we ought to protect the environment and would spend money to do it. And uh, they, they don't all look like that, you know. So yeah. I, I had long hair and big beard and, and decided that uh, I was less effective uh, looking like the fringe of society than... Uh, and too easily pinch it hold into a caricature rather than what is really going on. So it's something about, and I'm laughing so hard when I, I think of that because I, I guess I'm picturing of myself and thinking how people would think about me as an activist environmentalist and whether or not I would, well, I wouldn't fit that picture. For people who haven't seen me, I'm black, I have dreads, I, I am the opposite. But it's something about the understanding that it starts with all of us and it can be any human being that be a part of that kind of community. Right. Conservatives, liberals, men, women, people of various races, we, we're all dependent on the world and the environment and the earth equally. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not something just for that stereotypical fringe that the media tries to portray us as. So it's the equalizer almost, you know, the thing that connects us all and the thing that we're all reliant on. Yep. So could you tell us more about your book? I have them all ready, done, I'm all ready. <laughs> but it, it feels like you have a really beautiful series for people to engage with. Yeah, it's called The Heartwood Path. And it's going to be nine books, big, thick books. But they're fun to go through. They have outdoor activities in them, hundreds of them. And uh, it pretty much lays out uh, what we need to do to protect the environment. And it turns out that a major part of that is to get people happy. <laughs> and uh, that's what makes it so nice. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of the reason that I started writing this series was David Brower, the, the man that hired me, who basically invented the modern environmental movement on earth. He asked me to write a piece, he said, on how environmentalists uh, can prevent burnout oh. amongst themselves. And I thought that's what I was doing when I wrote this. But as I I didn't know the answer. I said, David, why are you asking me? You're, you've been doing this for you know, 55 years, At that point, I've been doing it for 20 years. And he said, well, because you're from the Midwest, <laughs> you know, to him, 
that was equivalent to you're from Siberia. <laughs> you know, and, and you've been out there in the middle of nowhere with no support, but yet you don't give up and you keep winning all these conservation battles. Well, I didn't know how I didn't give up. I didn't know giving up was an option, but I, I didn't, I didn't uh, know how I kept persevering. Uh, so I had to do a bunch of research and it turns out that the stuff that I was writing wasn't just for environmentalists. It was for everybody. And everybody deserves to be happy. And everybody deserves to have a beautiful and sustainable environment and natural uh, beings around them and uh, that are, that are uh, not uh, threatened with extinction. And so um, I went overboard, but I'm glad I did because... Uh, now I have something to offer that I think is, uh, has a wide appeal and is extremely important uh, in terms of our uh, future on the planet and in terms of keeping people uh, functioning optimally and being happy. So I've got to ask you the ultimate question. I'm rubbing my hands. I'm ready. What does it mean to be happy? Well, the key to it is not to buy the third house and the second car and to have the job that uh, produces uh, the income so that you could consume. Okay, all that stuff helps, but it doesn't have the payback in terms of happiness that uh, getting out of the rat race does at least for a part of your day, a part of your life. And the ultimate way to really become happy is not to be always thinking about what next thing I need to buy or uh, what next job I need in order so that I can have the money so that I could buy, but to get outside, get back to where humans lived for more than 95% of their existence on earth we lived outside. Our minds, our culture, our uh, everything that functions within us was honed in the wilderness. But for just the last few hundred years, we've been inside. Mm -hmm. And we've turned our back on our fellow subjects, the members of nature, and we've lost the wisdom that we used to have it's still in there, it's buried, but it needs to awaken. That's why we say awaken to the happiness. Mm -hmm. So uh, by getting outside, you awaken to nature and you find the happiness that you didn't even know you lost. And, and uh, once you're out there and you're doing the communing that we talk about in the Heartwood Path, you start realizing that, hey, if I really want to be happy, it's serving others that okay. really is what does it. And it's not, it doesn't work as well if you serve your family. It doesn't work as well because you're obligated to do that. Okay. What, what, you're, what, what really works to be happy is to serve anonymous beings that don't have a good voice for themselves, like the planet. Like the planet. I knew you were like, gonna like, like, like the tree outside the window. Yes. Or the disabled person on the street. 
or the homeless person that can't even get a hamburger. Helping is called the anawim, the voiceless. Now you get the payback. You get a sense of happiness that uh, is triple. It's, it's um, abundant, mm -hmm. it's abiding, and it's authentic. It's, it's not just shallow, giddy, ooh, look at me, I bought a Cadillac today. That's, that's kind of happiness for about 20 seconds. But all of a sudden, then, then you look across the street and the guy's got two Cadillacs. And, uh, oh, okay, well, I'm not quite as happy anymore. You're you know? envious. Hey, look at me. I just got my cell phone. And then the, the man says, oh, can you hold on a minute? He's driving his car. My other cell phone is ringing. I got you. Yeah. And, and, you know, he just said that in order to make the guy not quite be, be gloat so much. So finding this uh, AAA form of happiness mm -hmm. by serving others and not spending yourself for the cause. That's what the Heartwood Path is all about. And I think it was something really key about what you said about the type of giving. So it's not giving to receive, but it's giving in an altruistic type way. You know, so you do receive, but it, it's more anonymous. It's to the voiceless. It's to the the people, the beings that can't communicate for themselves. Or your 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 payback comes from their appreciation. Mm -hmm. And from your recognition that you've done something to help, and um, it doesn't—it's it, usually fitful work. It's usually difficult. It's usually doesn't pay uh, financially. But once you've had taste of it, you can't go back. It's—it's—it's it, it's, um, it's far better than limiting yourself to being a cog in an economic engine <laughs> where you're supposed to go to work, work for too little money, but what little money you have, when you go home, you watch that television, you look at those commercials and you buy that Cadillac, <laughs> which you can't afford. So you better go back to work. And that's, it, w w humans are way deserve way better than that uh, and, and we we uh uh function better but we've we've been captured mm. we've been captured by the indoor life and by words the words that you hear on the television the words that your boss tells you the words that you read when you go out into nature you see any words out there no words no i don't no words no that's because what you have out there instead of cognitive conceptual things are feelings mm -hmm. so you get back to opening up your feelings again not words are good but it's when they're the only thing you get and you don't have the feelings to balance them out to put them into perspective to realize what's really important when you go into nature you have a chance to do that because there are no words out there there is no boss out there telling you to get back to work you know the chipmunk that you're looking at is not jealous of the chipmunk across the street with a better car or with a better pile of acorns. I mean, it, it's just the uh, what, what you do when you go out there is you look for um, trustable truths mm -hmm. and nature will deliver it. Nature is incredibly intelligent. Think about what it has achieved 
the beauty, the diversity, the lack of pollution, it's figured out the system. It has been. And we have turned our back on it. And we are doing it at our own peril. And we're risking our chance to be happy by not getting in tune with it again. And there are specific ways to do it. And I can tell you about that if if you're interested. I will be. But first, you have led me to one of the quotes that I saw when I was doing your your online course, because you have so many. And so I just was like, we got to share this. And it was, the greatest trustable truths of one's life arises during one's senses of the now in nature. And I was like, wow, your senses of the now in nature for me was so open and so expansive in terms of how much it invites us to to open ourselves up to nature. Yeah, both the past and the future are over the horizon in nature. The present is the only thing that's right there. And the past is within you. It's your own memories. It's, it's the future is beyond the horizon. You go to the horizon, oh, you see the next horizon, the future's over there, okay? You go to the next horizon, but the present is wherever you are, right here, right now, and it is um, all you really have. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is where you spend your life because tomorrow is just the present presently. <laughs> you know? and, 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 and so you, you, only, you only really have the present. And when you live more of your life in the present as nature does, then you um, have enormous paybacks, enormous paybacks uh, in terms of, of clearing out the space you know, we get our minds so cluttered with mindless, repetitive chatter by being indoors so much, by having the television blaring at us constantly, by watching the screen, one screen or another, you know, um, and, and let's get to, let's get back to the green rather than the screen. And, and so once people go outside, first of all, that's half the battle right there, right there, because mm-hmm. They've, they've made a decision to return to their primordial source. And there's wisdom in that. Mm-hmm. And, and once they learn to tap it. But just getting up, walking and going outside, you're, you're going to find negative ions in the air. Those negative ions will make you happy. Mm-hmm. They're almost zero in this living room where I'm sitting. The upholstery, the carpeting, the air-conditioned air, there's no negative ions floating around here. If I'm going to be happy, I'm going to have to work at it myself, and it's, and it's going to be an uphill battle. <laughs> I open that door over there and step outside, I'm happy. It's not just because Donnie is a nature boy. It's because I'm breathing in negative ions, pure and simple. There's no, no mystical magic about it. Mm-hmm. You want to find negative ions? Go where the water is. The ocean splashing, the waterfall falling or go high up on a mountain. More ions, the higher up, more ions, the more splashing water. So uh, right there, you're already half the battle taken care of. Mm-hmm. Then you gotta learn a bunch of wisdom and then you gotta apply it by doing for the anawim. Okay. And you, you do all that stuff together and you're a dynamo. <laughs> okay. Oh, so we're gonna have to slow down and go through that again. But it feels really positive. I'm sitting here nodding my head and smiling like, yes, yes, yes. 
because it's something about the simplicity of it. Yeah, you know, a lot of when people, you know, there, it, it seems complicated because it's a long book and there's a lot of examples and all this stuff. But when you boil it right down to it, just go outside and breathe some air. And, and uh, that's half the battle. And then people are like, well, that's too simple. That's, that's like a little childhood thing. I'm like, well, if it's so simple, why, you know, you're not doing it. You're spending, you're spending 95% of your time. If you're outside, you're walking to your car and that's about it. On your way to work, on your way to buy, mm-hmm. on your way to earn, on your way to buy, earn, buy, earn, buy. Where's the time for reflection? Where's the time for your, your joy? Where's the time to uh, express your hopes? You know, it, it's it all um, it it changes your whole philosophy and, and your your uh, it opens you up to be the human that you ought to be Thank rather you. than the cog in an economic engine that they have turned us into. That's it. So you're making space through nature to be human, to be back to the human that we were actually meant to be. To, to be human nature. Yeah. One one word inseparable the nature and the human are not separable you are you you are your unique self you have gifts to the world that we cherish but you are also one with everything so you have this dual aspect this independent or not independent individual um unique character character but you are also a set of relationships the tree outside your window is as much of you as your little toe. Mm-hmm. It's just we have this fiction that they, that we're separate from nature, but we are inherently bound to it by relationships, and we could not exist without them. Why do you think we do that as humans? Why do you think we need to separate ourselves in that way? Well, we invented agriculture. And then we invented towns to, to, to eat and tend to the fields. And then we came up with electricity. And, you know, now it's, you know, when I was a kid in the 60s and I was unsupervised as a child most of my life. But it didn't matter because there were a hundred eyes on me because everybody was sitting out on the front porch. Where mm-hmm. It was cooler and where the ions were. and They didn't know it, but they were listening to the ball game and the crickets and, and keeping an eye on Don. Daddy, get back over here. You're, you're, you're out too late. Go on home, you know. And uh, uh, to, but instead of that, we're watching, you know, um, television or we're, we're, we're YouTube, all of which I love to do. But it's just not all that there is. Mm-hmm. Let's let's make sure we get our daily dose of nature, our, our vitamin N. And and, and uh, without that, uh, you're missing out on. Uh, being fully human is really just the easiest way to say it. And it's almost like the more fully human nature. Really. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna get you that. Fully human <laughs> nature. One word, yeah. The 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 part that you're really highlighting for me that I'm gonna think more about is the as we are our society is getting um, developing, we're spending less of the percentage of our day and time outside. So it's almost like the more we're in the cogs, the more we're on the, the wheel to produce more, earn more, be in that constant consuming cycle, the less we're going outside, the less we're playing, the less we're sitting. The consuming needs to come down, the caring needs to go up. That's, that's, what, it, that's what needs to happen. We need to consume 
and devote ourselves less to consumption and more and acquisition and more to caring for specifically the anawim, particularly, I mean, so that, uh, you know, we, we're going to care for our, our folks. We're going to care for our neighbors. Some of us are going to care for people who ain't like us. Some of us are going to care for countries that, are, that, you know, aren't part of our, under our flag. But what you really need to care for is everybody mm-hmm. and everything. And particularly those who have no voice to, 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 for themselves. Yeah. I'm going to finish off this interview with a question for you. So I know you said you could see a tree outside. So just looking at that tree, just thinking about when you connect with it, when you have it in your mind's eye. Um, if that tree had words, what would it say to us? Well, it doesn't have words. Okay, so it won't. It, it doesn't say it. But here's what you do. Okay. You. This is very important. You go out and you find what is most attractive to you in nature. Let's say it's the tree. Usually, a lot of times it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it can be anything in nature. That's an extremely important thing is to find your attractions. All of nature works on its attractions. Nothing happens in nature that it's not attracted to do. Mm-hmm. If you want to commune with nature, you can't lower it over it and go out and say, hey, sycamore tree, I'm going to do a, commu- a, a communing with you right now. We're going to do a connection experience and you're going to give me some words uh, that I need in order to be better off, you know, to go back to my job or whatever. It didn't work like that. Not that the tree cares mm-hmm. or the rock or the river or the waterfall or whatever you're looking at. You care. You're setting up a lording over attitude in your own mind. We're doing uh, eco psychology here. Really what we're doing. We're not doing plant. We're not doing birds and bunnies. We're doing eco psychology. Okay. And we, you want to set up your own mind to be on par with that tree. Mm-hmm. Everything works according to in nature, according to attraction. I'm attracted to you tree. And if you remain attractive to me for 10 seconds, that's my consent that allows me to stay here and have this connection experience. The tree doesn't care about the consent. It's your own mind that we're trying to get you into the p- pattern of not doing things that you don't have consent to do. Got you. Okay. So you get your consent mm-hmm. and then you just sit there and you breathe in gratitude or breathe in appreciation, breathe out gratitude. And you do that for a little while. Mm-hmm. Breathe in appreciation, breathe out gratitude and stop thinking about everything back in the indoor world. Just appreciate the tree, how beautiful it is. Ask yourself, what is it that I like? Or have somebody ask you, what is it that you like about this tree? Mm -hmm. I like it because it's firm. I like it because it's consistent. I like it because it's, uh, you can count on it coming Mm -hmm. back every year. You know what they're talking about? Yourself. I like to be firm. I like to be consistent. I like to be counted on. Okay. You just learn more about yourself than you would have learned watching television for 20 years. Okay. Those, those are key magical things. Tell me about firmness in your life. Mm -hmm. Tell me about being rigid. 
Tell me about being uh, consistent. What is the importance of that? Think about that. Slow the mind down. Eventually, a trustable truth will come to you that you would not have thought of watching the Three Stooges for the 400th time, mm-hmm. which I love to do. But I, you know, I, I, that's not where I'm getting my trustable truths anymore. And, and so all kind of things come to you once you allow the tree to be a tree mm-hmm. and, and, and to uh, not lord over it to appreciate it, to have attract, to register your attraction mm-hmm. and then come back, write it down in your journal, talk about it with other people and you're on your way to being happy. Yeah. This, this is how you go to be happy. Okay. And the more you do that, the more you will love the other beyond yourself and you will become a saint, a prophet someone who is easily driven to stand up against injustice for the anawim that you love because you had experiences with things that were beyond yourself, but you realize that there are ties of relationship here and I'm going to take care of it. So I think that answers your question. Yes, it means I need to rewrite my question, (laughs) (laughs) which is okay. And I guess it, it's showing us that if we open ourselves by first showing gratitude and giving ourselves permission to give uh, nature our attention, you know, and again, checking our ego, not putting our assumptions onto the tree. Then it no will lord touch. over it. No, no lord, lord over it. it. Right. And invite it in and listen and it will come. Thank yeah. you so much for this. You're I welcome. I really enjoyed hearing you're the ones. Thank you for having me do this. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Be Like a Tree. And remember, stay rooted, stand tall, breathe, be like a tree. Because you're free to be alone.